Episode 63 of the Khoisar Us podcast. Welcome back to another lovely time with your favorite Americans. I'm here with Kim and Jesse, and we're going to talk a little Tottenham. Um, Tottenham just came off another win. Uh, just beat, who do we beat? We beat Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth 3-1 at home, which seems like it. You know, sounds like an easy game, but Bournemouth was actually like the hottest team in the league uh, prior to coming to Tottenham. And then we were also coming off of uh, a pretty deflating loss to Brighton. Um, So we could talk a little bit about that game as well. Um, And then later on today or tonight, depending on what side of the world you're on, uh, Spurs will be playing Burnley in the third round of the FA Cup. And that game will also be at home as well. So... Jesse, where where do you want to start? Should we start with Brighton? Should we start with Bournemouth? Should we talk Afcon? Like you know, the world's yours. What, what I mean, let's you... start with just let's start and finish quickly with uh, with Brighton. That was a, a bludgeoning. That the scoreline um, was a lot more flattering than the the team played. I didn't even see that we scored twice. I turned it off after the uh, the the penalty was whistled for the fourth goal. And was like, I'm going to go do something else for these last twenty minutes, and then saw. A text from a friend that was like, oh, is the comeback on? And I was like, I'm not even going to acknowledge this. So, uh, yeah, it was a bad, bad showing against a very good Brighton squad. Um, and these lumps and beatings are going to happen. It was the the first real beating, I feel like, in uh, in fullback, uh, centerback, fullbacks FC. Um, so, you know, it's going to happen. I'm glad that we moved right past it with, uh, with a win against uh, a Burnmouth team. I mean, you bring up the whole no natural center backs thing. And I think that's a really good point. Cause it's like, it's actually kind of surprising that we don't have more matches like this. Um, we have had players playing out of position for a very long time now. And when you look at the lineup and you notice that there's no center backs and you notice that guys are out and guys are suspended, you know, it, if, if you were to look at the lineups before the game, and then I were to tell you, yeah, we lost 4-2, and they kind of dominated us, and we didn't really look like we knew, had a clue, you'd probably say, like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, but somehow we, we've we been able to kind of, like, avoid some of that pressure and still kind of get results despite the team being so depleted. Um, it's funny with, uh, you know, Arsenal dropping all the points that they've been dropping lately. Uh, Arsenal Twitter's been kind of having a meltdown. Which I obviously don't follow, but I I'll see things that get retweeted uh, from Spurs folks, and the meltdown that they've been having it has been fun to watch. But also, I've seen a lot of comments about like, you know, we're only a point above Spurs. What if we had the injury crisis that they had? What if we lost four of our starters? We'd be we'd be awful right now. And I think that's true for most teams. Like if you lost half of your lineup for an extended stretch of the period. The fact that we're a point out of fourth, six points out of first is kind of incredible. Yeah, I mean, this is not one of those, you know, this isn't the city teams of old where you'd be like, oh, well, they're down three or four starters. But uh, I guess they'll just have to then, then they'll have to start Grealish and, uh, you know, some of the other studs they have. Like, this is not, you know, a a historically deep Yeah, I, I guess I'll throw in team. Bernardo Silva. Oh, no. <laughs> right, like, <laughs> right, yeah. 
this is not that this is not hundred point, you know, title chase Liverpool and, and city team that, uh, this is a, you know, seventh place or eighth place, whatever we finished last year. This is year's Emerson Royale team. playing at center back. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's been really impressive that again, also in a new system, we've been able to, to figure this stuff out and, and, and like those things are going to happen, not straight throw the tape out. Let's move on, but kind of like throw the tape out. Let's move on. We're going to get, we're going to get bludgeoned sometimes, especially a, a, a team that's as, as good as Brighton is. The thing that really was the problem is we just made like stupid decisions on fouls in the box. We just get pretty much gave them two goals. And that was the and, difference. And that was the actual difference. So like, it seems like we're, we have this like pattern now where like, and it seems to have been like to me in the last two games that it really showed its head where we start fairly well in the middle portion of the game. We sort of like fade. But then we might make a change or two. And then in in like the last like 15 to 20 minutes, we find some sort of burst. Because it did look like we, you know, if we didn't give up that last penalty, like we could have that that to me would have been like this could have ended 3-3. Like if we hadn't given that up, I was like, it's very possible that we draw this game because we just seemed towards the end of that game, like we just we just had the verve and they could it and some of it was like some of the kids he put on. It just seemed like everyone was like, Well, we're just gonna keep trying, we're gonna keep trying, we're gonna keep trying. And I know we we were not talking about that game yet, but it seemed like something very similar happened in the Bournemouth game where started off we started off really, really well for like twenty minutes, and then it was like from minute like thirty to minute like sixty five. I was like, I don't know what's happening here. What are you guys yeah. doing? And then, like, after that, it was, like, we sort of, like, figured out what we needed to do to get at them, and we did it. So it was, like, to me, it's this, you would, of course, like to see your, your team play 90 minutes, but while we're playing, the guys we're playing, they have been playing every game. Like, it's, they don't get a lot of rest. We're bringing injured guys back now who don't have a lot of fitness, and we still manage to turn out results fairly regularly. So like I I just I just find it very, very hard to complain about much about the team, even though you see the stuff going wrong. It's like the one thing you can't say is that the guys are not trying. And to me, that is the the base level of any sport that I like to follow. I want to at least feel like the guys on my team are trying and I really do feel 95% of the time that every guy is putting his 100% effort into trying to win a game and things may not go right, but you can't fault the effort. And I, I know who that 5% was directed towards too, but uh, we're not going to get into it <laughs> right now. Um, I mean, it's funny because I feel like this is exactly what we talked about in the last episode. Like I was saying in our group chat, it it feels like, we could have recorded the last episode after the Brighton match because it felt like a lot of the stuff that we discussed actually ended up playing itself out in terms of like having that strong start, petering off, letting the other team potentially get back in the game. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I feel like a lot of times when we start to have that dip in energy, um, Vicario kind of saves the day and then you kind of forget about it by the end because the, the scoreline looks nice. But it does feel like we, there haven't been 
a lot of games, at least recently, where it feels like we've been like on the front foot and also playing good football for 90 minutes. It's usually like the first 25 and then somewhere around somewhere between the 30th and 40th minute. It kind of like falls off and then you're just like, yo, just get us to halftime. <laughs> like, I feel like we never have a good end of the first half. No, it's like you it's like when you show up at a party and you're like, let's roll in. Let's let's bang a couple shots. And then you're like, whoa, this is going a little bit too well. I need to just have some waters and like maybe a, a beer and like kind of sip on it for the next hour and a half. And then it's like, oh, hey, it's time to leave. And you're like, oh, shoot. Like, I haven't had anything to drink in like two hours. Like, oh, let me just bag a couple more shots. So it's like, that's how we yeah. start strong and strong in that middle. We're just like, wait a second. Let's let's pace ourselves here. Yeah. Flew too close to the sun, man. You don't want to you don't want to end up barfing on the on the side of the of the road at the house party because you, you couldn't you couldn't hold your Cuervo. Um, speaking from experience, of course. So, yeah, I mean. But, yeah. but I just want to say before we leave the um the Brighton game, I do want to say shout out to Alejo Valiz for scoring his first one hundred percent definitely Premier League goal. Like you could just see the happiness on that guy's face. Like he was just so excited to have scored a goal in the Premier League. You can tell it. It literally looked like he was like dreaming. Like he was like, I can't believe this happened. <laughs> and yeah, it was like in a loss, but that's the kind of thing you really like to see um from one of your young players. Yeah, shout out to him. And like I think to your point, the last ten minutes or so, it's strange because I feel like, yes, this is a pattern for Spurs. At the same time, I feel like most teams kind of just like concede when they're down four zero. It's just like, all right, like this game's over. We're not gonna score four goals. But like we didn't pack it in like we were actually we started playing better when we were down four goals than we did when we were down two this doesn't really make a ton of sense but that is what happened and and it it, it you know again i i hate to keep bringing up points that we've brought up in previous pods but i feel like that is a part of what frustrates a little bit when it's like you look at the lineup and you have low expectations but then you see us play like this beautiful stuff for 20, 30 minute, 15 minute patches. And you're like, oh, wait, like this team can actually be really good. So why weren't they doing that 20 minutes ago? And so, like, I, I don't know if it has something to do with just the style of play and just like being able to maintain that level of energy for 90 minutes. Um, it's funny because I was watching Ange's press conference ahead of the Burnley match. Um, and obviously they were asking him about like taking the cup seriously and how he was like questioned for the lineup that he played in the, in the Carabao cup. And he made the point of like, of course I'm trying to win every game. It's not me trying to pack it in, but you got to remember that it was early in the season. Guys were still adjusting to my, my style of play. And we had like three games in eight days or whatever it was. And he basically said, like, yeah, I was concerned that if I played the same guys, that they wouldn't be able to do what I'm asking them to do after only the season having just started recently. Um, and so, like, I think he recognizes, especially after playing this way over years and years in multiple leagues, like, he knows the toll that it's taking on the players to to do what he's asking them to do. Um I just wonder about like 
feasibility over the course of a game and even over the course of the season, uh, which I guess brings us to our next point, which is, you know, if we're uh, if we're fullback FC, we're definitely injury FC too because my God, um, did you see that graphic that was going around Spurs Twitter and internet this week of uh, available versus not available elevens? I have been seeing that for the past few weeks, actually. Yeah, this it was just it was like you're looking you're like mm, oh oh man oh oh man, and I was like, uh, I, I forget who the whoever maybe it's Alfie Whiteman in in uh, in net for the not available. So it's like, okay, that's a big, big, you know, downgrade, but everything else was just like, yeah, that those attackers are pretty nice. That midfield's pretty nice. That defense is pretty nice of the not availables. Yeah. I mean, that, that, uh, the not available, uh, starting 11 could probably get top four. It's funny because I'm watching, of course, after Aleo Valiz scores his first premier league goal, the next game, he like breaks his kneecap in half or whatever happens. Um, and Hoybier passes to him on a fast break, which is strange. We'll get to that in a second as well. But um, Kim's shaking her head. <laughs> her favorite, her favorite Spurs player. I was asking the question, and I still don't really even know what the answer is. I, I don't know if it was before Chelsea, but I'm I'm trying to think about the last Premier League game we had where we didn't have a player either accrue a suspension or get injured. I feel like it happens literally every game. Um, and even in the Brighton match that we were just talking about, we had uh, Kulisevsky pick up a stupid yellow card for grabbing a player's jersey, um, and then he had to miss the Bournemouth match. I mean, it's it's not necessarily a question I'm asking you guys to answer unless you just know the answer right off the top of your head. But you can't do anything about injuries, but the suspensions at least, like... I mean, we've got to reel it in, right? I mean, at this point, it's, it can't be the refs. It's It's got to be something we're doing. For the suspensions, yeah, for sure. I mean, injuries happen. Um, but, yeah, the suspension, it's got to Yeah, be. definitely, yeah. The suspensions I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it almost feels like, you know, right, when uh, when Romero goes out, you're like, okay, who's who's got to who's play uh, that, that central defense role? And instead, our players are like, hey, Romero's out. Who's got to pick up a stupid yellow card? Oh, I'll do it today. Um, uh, oh, I'll <laughs> right, do it instead. Yeah. You know, like right. that's not the, what we want to be replacing when, when Romero or some of our other key player jobs, not their some of their boneheaded fouls that, they, that they're making. It's, it's the other things. But it's got to so, stop eventually. I don't know what's going to stop it. But I mean, we're going to be not playing anybody. Um, if what's, we, uh, what, what do you think is behind it? Like, why is it? feel like we're getting so many more cards than everybody else so i would say because we play a lot on the front foot some of our fouls that we do end up giving up are and i'm not saying like some not the bonehead ones like some of these are just like you guys are this is idiotic what are you doing um but on in other cases i feel like we're we're tracking back trying to make sure they don't get in on goal and don't put a foot right. Don't get the ball, whatever. Um, or we just pull somebody down. And that's just, I, I feel like sometimes they just take it and just say, I know this is going to be yellow card, but I prefer to get a yellow card than to let them score. Um, but in other cases, it's, it's idiotic. Like the Kulisevsky one, like, and Kulisevsky has been doing that. Like, it, I, I at least noticed it in the game before that he pulled someone back in the box. And so 
like you just can't do that. Like Fumi, the Fumi the, can't get food again. Basically, it's like the moment the whistle blows, <laughs> just let the man go. <laughs> let him go. <laughs> yeah, he definitely got away with one um in the previous match. And then he was like, Oh, I guess they're not calling this, and then just decided to do it again. Um, I just looked at the Burnmouth match to see if uh any of our players picked up yellows, and yes, three of them did. Uh <laughs> Lacelso, well, Lacelso got one after he got subbed off, um, and then Royale got one, and Skippy got one as well. So, at least Lacelso probably doesn't have many. No, um, no, and I don't think Royale the, probably doesn't have that many either. So, what is the rule in terms of like? Isn't there a point in the season where like your cards reset or something like that? I don't. So I don't it's really not understand. that the cards reset; is you still have the same amount of cards, but when you get to the middle of the season, which was the game that just happened, so going forward, you have to get ten red cards to get suspended. So, no matter where you are, and you know some of our players are at five. If you get ten, then you get suspended for two games. So it's basically like just try not to get five more for the players who already have five and just try not to get up to 10 for the players who has it always been like this. I don't feel like we've been having it like the yellow card. I know the red stuff's always been there, but the yellow card accumulation feels like it's been no, that's more. That's always, that's always been there. It's just this year, a lot of some of these yellow cards in the beginning of the season were for descent and you weren't getting those for descent. So you were not picking up two yellow cards. Like I know Basuma probably got like two early in the season that were just for descent. So it's like if you yeah. get those and then you pick up your normal yellow cards that you'll pick up from tactical fouling, like that will get you to five a lot faster. And so it was like any complaining that people were doing early in the season was getting yellow cards. I feel like that's not happening as much anymore because probably because of the yellow card accumulation that was happening. <laughs> I feel like they're probably okay. We're probably giving out too many yellow cards. We probably got to pull that back and just just like leave it to the the, the actual fouling. Um, but yeah, that's. But I that's feel like that's also sure. something that like you see a lot. You see it in the prem. I know as an NBA fan, this happens a lot as well, where like a new rule mandate will come out, and they always go super hard at it at the beginning of the season, and then like by the midway point, they like don't care that much anymore. It's almost like they're trying to like establish a new norm, and then once they feel like everybody gets it, they're maybe not calling it as much. Um. I definitely feel like at this point in the season, we're not seeing as many descent yellows as we did in the early portion of the season. And I also feel like refs are very subjective in terms of how they use it or when they use it. You know, a guy yells at the ref for something, he doesn't give it. But then it's like if a bunch of players crowd around a ref, then he's giving somebody a yellow card just to get them to back away from him, you know, like stuff like that, where it's like not super consistent and certainly not as, as consistent as it was at the early portion of the season. So I feel like there, that has something to do with it. We talked about the four, two scoreline against Brighton, maybe being a little flattering uh, because we probably played worse than that. And I think on some level, that's probably true for the Burnmouth match as well, which we won 3-1. In terms of goals scored, obviously, we were pretty dominant. We had a 3-0 lead, uh, gave up a goal to them pretty late in the game in the 84th minute. But when you look at the stats and even watching the game, it felt a lot more even. 
Um, we obviously finished our chances and they didn't. Um, but just looking at the stats of the game, Spurs 51%, Bournemouth 49. Um, our XG was 2.32. Their XG was 1.68. We had 12 shots. They had 24. Um, but we had six on target and they only had four. Um, and then obviously they had a huge advantage with corner kicks, uh, 13 to our four. Um, but they just weren't able to make anything of them. Um, Dominic Solanke, who's been on fire, had kind of a stinker against us. Um, And Gio Lacelso, who's coming in playing for the suspended Kulisevsky, had an amazing game with two assists and and for me was the man of the match. So uh, it was was an odd game. Obviously, it's good to score three goals and to win. Um, but it, it 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 is definitely a game a game that could have uh, could have ended a lot differently. Well, I I would agree. Um, I would say this game reminds me of some games we played against other teams in the past where we would be technically on top and we'd get a lot of chances, but they weren't great chances. We'd get a lot of block shots. We'd have some shots off target. And as such, we wouldn't score. We'd only score one goal, but we'd give up maybe two or three. And it just goes to show, like, having clinical players who can... Because that, I mean, like, Son had a few chances where you would expect him to score, and he didn't. Oh, yeah. Richarlison did, too. But oh, yeah. when it came down to it, they both bagged the goal. They both got theirs. They both ended up getting one, and it's it's the... It's the keep going mentality of the team that to me is what really, really separates us from who we might have been before. Because in in years past, we would have been in a game like that and we would not have scored or we would have scored a goal. And then we would have just, like you said, let them just run all over us for the rest of the game. But we didn't do that. We kept fighting and eventually our quality shone out. We also saw... A surprise return to the starting lineup for one Rodrigo Bentancur, or as his wife calls him, L30. L30. L30 is back. L30 is back. Jesse, what does he bring to the team? And like, what do you notice about the team that looks different when he's there versus when he's not? I mean, I think, you know, we, we hadn't seen as much of him yet this year. Um, to really say exactly what he's bringing, but if it was if he's coming back as as what he left off last year was, um, I think last year he had uh, four goals and a couple assists, and and all those were in the league, and those were starting to like those were all picking up in the in the last handful of games that he played. So I don't think it's contributed yet um, to the score sheet. But again, he he's coming back from an injury, then got injured, and, and then now is coming back again. Um, so I think someone that can that can carry the ball through the midfield. I think someone that can you know make the make those passes. We you know we were like let let Rodrigo cook, let him get forward, and and good things were starting to happen. Um, but I think someone that also is just like super confident on the ball, and especially not that he's going to be as as um, impervious from getting a taken off of him as a Musa Dembele or whatever the goat. But I think someone that you feel really good about um, not just maintaining possession but progressing it forward. Um, as well, right? I think that, um, you know, Biz, we feel good about maintaining possession and, and taking it back, but I think Rodrigo can can be the the connector, um, especially until Madison comes back to to maybe be the, not the guy that makes the final pass, but the guy that makes the, the pass before the pass 
um, or in some cases, the final pass or the final shot. But I think those are some of the biggest things that uh, the progressive uh, possession and, and like progressively positive um, possession. I also like the fact that we can put him as a six or as an eight, um, mm-hmm. because I feel like he has like a lot of those transferable skills that he can do either one and do them both at a high level. Right. Like uh, like we were having that conversation last episode about Kulisevsky playing on the right wing versus playing as a 10. And I feel like Benton Kerr, ironically, the other guy that that we pretty much just got as throwaways from Juve. Um, but uh, like he's another player where like he can play in either one of those positions. And I feel very confident about what he's going to be able to do in either role. Um, and yeah, I think just in terms of his ball retention um but also being able to kind of win the ball back when we lose it um he adds a lot to the team in that regard yeah he's didn't did he win the ball back for the um the first goal i think so he passed he passed the ball to uh mm, yeah i think he, he knocked yep. it off geo had a slide tackle to pass it to sar yeah, yeah. Yep, yep and uh so. while we're talking about geo assists i mean the second that, one. Actually, he could have so. had he could have had two of those because yeah. Yeah. there was another pass that he put into Sonny that Sonny didn't end up being able to get a shot off on. But it was actually pretty similar. Yeah, it it was. I think he was I think that the putting the second one in, he was like, All right, I hope he scored this one. <laughs> yeah, like bro, it's like it's like it's like when you hit somebody with a sweet dish in basketball and then they then they blow and the layup just... and then you're like, Come on, bro, like I needed that assist. I needed that for my, for for my, my own personal highlight reel. For yeah. my highlights. <laughs> it, it didn't but, matter if it was yeah. a PE class. I still wanted it for my for it would be the highlight reel in my head, you know? No, that, that assist was really, really nice. And it was like right into Sunny Stride. All he had to do was like run on it and slash it into the And into you're like, bro, please don't blow this like you blew the other chances, please. <laughs> um, oh man, I yeah, that in that game, I was I literally I think I said it in the group I was like our strikers are useless. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? They were bad until they scored, and then it was like, oh yeah, good game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Geo, uh, not Geo, but yeah, Richie and Sonny both had a few like pretty bad misses uh, or bad misses at least for them. Um, I mean, I mean, Richie's been having bad misses for for many many of his of his appearances for Spurs, but I think I feel like he's gotten Sun... better in general. And so, oh yeah, me, yeah. Ever since to that me, surgery. like the last two games were like a kind of like oof. He mean he was offsides a lot in the game against Brian, and in this game, it was like it was it was like one real chance that I was like the one where we could have went up two 0 and he just put it wide. I was like oof. Yeah. That, was, yeah, that was like that was close. I was like that was close, and I feel like because Richarlison has missed chances anytime he does, people get on his back, and I'm like, strikers miss chances every day, bro. It does like that. That is what happens. Right. But I feel like he's so because he has shown a propensity in the past to have missed many chances. We jump on the fact that he misses two chances, and it's like as and. And before it was like we weren't sure if we we're gonna get the ball, so it's like we really need you to make this chance. But now right. it's like we know we're gonna create another chance. Like we should yeah. create another chance. Like we're gonna create another chance. So it's like you're. I'm. I'm getting less stressed about the fact that 
we might miss a chance here or there. It's like, all right, we should create another one. Let's let's do that again. Just looking, and that's the more with... of what my energy feels like now with the team, as as opposed to maybe like I don't know, even like four or five weeks ago, I was probably like, damn, we missed a chance. Like, <laughs> we're gonna get it back. We're gonna get more. I think. Yeah. Um, and just looking at like uh, at Richie, right? Last year, twenty seven appearances, only twelve starts, a thousand minutes, um, a goal, three assists. Uh, this year, 12 starts already and 17 mm-hmm. appearances, six goals, three assists. So already well outperformed last year um, in about the the same amount of time that he ended up earning playing. Um, and so, again, like, uh, yeah, sure, wishes, you know, he, he probably could have had two or three more, um, you know, at least if he hadn't missed uh, some of these what what seemed like bunnies. Um, but, uh, but it's encouraging to, to see him, you know, starting to, and, and like that kind of stuff too with, with keep, with, uh, with uh, strikers rather like, you know, goals beget more goals, um, not only more possessions, but, you know, you see the ball hit the back of the net. You're like, okay, cool. I'm going to try this thing. And I'm going to do this. And like, you start to get more confident, not that he's ever been lacking in confidence, but still that stuff can be kind of fragile. When you see the ball go in the back of the net a lot, you're going to start um, doing it more often. And then, you know, uh, while I've got the the FB ref page up, n- no surprises here, but in, in all competitions, this is Gio's off uh, only one off of his uh, best Spurs season in terms of uh, goal involvements. Um, he had uh, two goals and three assists in all competitions his first year with Spurs in 1920. He's already got two and two in uh, just 450 minutes in 11 appearances. So, um, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but provided Gio doesn't join the uh, the list of unavailable players, he's going to be having easily his best uh, year in, in Spurs, both by the eye test and uh, and the statistics to back it up. And the vibes test as well. The vibes, the and the <laughs> and the 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 taking on the spiritual, the, you know, and being um, Lamella's spiritual successor of just getting into people's ears and and, oh, uh, he, and getting he's and screaming. Way more, he's way more of a shit house than I realized. Yeah, yeah. I guess he's he Argentinian. To... So on some level, I probably should. have been I mean, sure. same thing. You got to be you. Most of the time, you if you, you feel a little more confident doing some of that when you're contributing, you're not. The only thing you're doing is not just get into people's ears, but you score a couple goals and then you get to run your mouth and, uh, and have a couple of assists. You get to run your mouth and get into people's faces a little bit more often. I mean, I'm definitely here for this Gio LaCelso redemption arc. Um, I was definitely ready to kind of bend him off. Um, not really out of any problem with him, but I just feel like he just was not a good fit for the, the past couple coaches that we've had. I also feel like that season 1920 where he, you know, there were a few stretches in that season where he looked like our best player, uh, but we still weren't really scoring a lot of goals and really the team was performing poorly. So it was hard to like really suss out how much of that had to do with him versus just everybody else sucks. Um, And now I feel like the system and Ange has obviously a lot to do with it. Him getting opportunities to play has a lot to do with it. Um, but I feel like all of that has just kind of instilled a certain level of confidence. And Gio, uh, you know, is definitely one of those players that needs to be confident to play well. Um, I think Richie is, is very similar to that in terms of, uh, like, needing that. I think there are certain players, you know, your Ben Davises or, you know, your your Vicarios who, like, I know what I'm going to get out of this person. Rain, sleet, hail, or snow, it really doesn't matter. Um, I don't think players like Gio are like that, where they're going to just give you the same performance every day. 
And I think depending on how he feels about his place in the team, depending on the system that you're playing and depending on what he's being asked to do, um, he can look very different. And then I think we're getting kind of a best case scenario version of Lo Celso right now. I did also want to shout out Brennan Johnson uh, on the assist because I feel like him coming to Spurs when he first started playing, there did seem to be a little bit of like tentativeness to him um, adjusting to what was being asked of him on that wing and really being able to like accurately send in crosses. And I feel like over the past few games, he's had a few like really yeah. good balls in. Any of which don't... did not result in goals. Uh, so it was nice to see one of his good crosses actually get rewarded against Bournemouth. And he had one of those against Everton too. Exact same cross, same like same cross across the box, same one touch finish from um Richarlison. So that does seem to be, and I I've heard like in warm-ups, that seems to be something that they really work on. Like he sends blind crosses across the box that so you see, like he didn't even like look to see where the ball was going. He just put it in because he knew where Charlottesville would be making the run. So that seems to be like a pattern that they're drilling. But also like I see on social media a lot that he gets like he gets slated by some of the fans or I saw something just the other day. It was like, we paid this much for him. What is he doing for the team? What has he done for us so far? And I'm like, are you guys actually watching the game? Yeah, that's like, crazy. Do you That's actually crazy. see what he does? Right. Or are you just looking at the one thing that he does that doesn't really fit what your narrative and and you harp on that? But I'm like, he literally probably puts in two of those balls every game. And like you said, they don't always result in goals, but that doesn't change the fact that he's putting in dangerous crosses. And that's what we that's what we want. That's what Richarlison needs. Like a cross like that to his that's his job. To think about. <laughs> like, exactly. So yeah. I'm like, he's he's doing the job he's being asked of and to me, he's doing it pretty well. So, like, I'm enjoying Brennan Johnson on our team as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, but if we're if we're giving people little shout outs, um, I wanted to give a doji one as well because defensively, he really, really stood up well to um, Dom Solanke. I feel like every time I thought somebody was in, the doji was just like ghosting past and got the ball or got himself in between. Um, the ball in his man. Um, I feel like he was doing some of that chasing back that um, that Van de Ven might have done. And I I feel like on the left side, like it, it's very helpful. Like obviously Ben Davies doesn't have that speed to get back like that. But I I mean, there were times where you saw him in the right back spot doing that too. So uh, I just wanted to give him a quick shout out because I know like, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I know also got got man of the match. I know Vic's gonna obviously get a lot of praise, but I feel like Adoni could be the one that might get tossed to the wayside because he didn't score and what he did what he did didn't really show up on the stat sheet. But he was really really impactful to make sure that we didn't give up a goal within like those first thirty to forty minutes. And I thought Ben Davis had a lot to do with that too. He did. Um, he had four blocks in the game, which is you know nothing to sneeze at. Um, he had a big one that saved yeah, like a goal. Right in the box. Like, like tip, um, tip, the, tip the ball right over. I feel like he has had a lot of those lately where he just kind of gets in the way at the last minute, puts a thigh in the way, dives towards the ball. Um, and like you said, he's not – he's the slowest guy out of the back four right now. Um, but he's 
He's doing what Argu- he's got to do. He's That's arguably like- the smartest. So yeah. like he's-, he's he's like I was gonna say he's a very sound player. So you know yeah. he's gonna be in the right place to block the ball. He might not. He might not be out of place. He might not be able to get back there. But if he's in the right place, he'll find a way to get in between himself and the goal. Obviously, Daddy Davis, man. Goal. Yeah. Um, obviously, we talked a little bit about uh, the Valise injury. We also saw Sar come off early with a bit of an injury that um, Ange said was no issue. He's He's gone to go play with Senegal in the AFCON. Um, so he's no longer available. Uh, Sonny has also gone to play with Korea, and Basuma has gone to play with Mali. So they're going to be gone for the foreseeable future. Um, Ange also mentioned today that uh, Mickey is back training with the team, so he may play tonight. Um, if not, I assume that he will certainly be starting um, on the 14th against United. I do want to talk about availability and potential lineups for the Bournemouth match. But before I go there, I'm, I'm interested to hear uh, Burnley. I said Bournemouth. Yes. The Burnley match. We um, got all our B's in a row. Right. Exactly. Brighton, Brighton, Bournemouth, Bournemouth, Burnley. Burnley. Uh, and then Bumass United. Um, so before we go into potential lineups, someone asked me the other day, we were talking about transfers and what positions we need. And if we need cover in the midfield, and I was saying, like, I feel like our midfield is actually pretty decent. Um, I would prefer that we kind of strengthen other positions. Anyway, the question that was raised to me was, like, if everyone is healthy, what is your ideal midfield three? Uh, Benton, Core, Biz, and Madison. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that that's what I said as well. But I do wonder about are like is is yeah that that that's that's like that that's what i'm thinking i'm like can we play four people because <laughs> <laughs> um that's a selection headache honestly do you like which of those four do you play i think you go any yeah if you play any of those guys i would be happy honestly yeah i mean it's I mean, a good problem to have I, I think like if we were to look at it though right like i would say Madison is probably the most uh, matchup. Um, he's the obvious impervious, one. yeah, right. Like he's yeah. in. So then it just kind of depends on what the other guys might be might be doing, um, or or might have going on that would would you know potentially change things. Um, but yeah, that would be my that's my my leaning, and, and it's to take nothing away from Sar. That's not like an easy decision, but. Um, I think that that's like you put Madison in and, you know, whatever else you come up with, um, you know, could is going to work one way or the other. Just it might be a little bit slightly different based on what style of play or what we need more of. And that's the other thing. So we we might start seeing lineups that are matchup dependent, not just because this is who we have and this is who's actually performing well. Like we actually have not had our all our midfielders available at the same time this entire season. There has not been one game where those four have been healthy and all available. Maybe one. I mean, it's, Maybe it's, one. it's been so long since we haven't had someone get injured or suspended that it's like, I can't even remember um, when that was, but it was probably uh, early, Benzikers earlier in the first season. Came back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back, <laughs> back when the sun was still shining. We look ahead to Burnley 
before I say Burnmouth again. Uh, again, this is the Coys R Us podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Coys R Us podcast. Please send us any questions that you have for the pod or comments or things you notice when you're listening and you're like, why don't they talk about X? Um, then, yeah, let us know and we will try to bring it up on the next episode. Um, looking ahead to our FA Cup matchup against Burnley, which, again, as I said, will be tonight or this afternoon, depending on where you are in the world. This is going to be our first match without our AFCON and Asian Cup guys, which, again, is going to be Basuma, Saar, and Sonny. We still have injuries to a number of players, including Madison uh, and Romero. And now Valise has been added to that list. We've recalled a couple of players who were out on loan, um, whose loans ended early, including Regulon, Dane Scarlett, and Jed Spence. Um, so the roster is in a bit of flux right now. And then, and of course, obviously, the January transfer window is open. So you never know when somebody might be going out the door or coming in. But as of right now, our team is what it is. And I wonder... Based on who's available to us, uh, what would be the most preferred lineup for the Burnley match? My preferred. So this is, I'm going to go the strongest lineup I have. I'm going to play. I mean, we don't play again until next weekend, so we should play everybody. Yeah, you've honestly. got nine days till till the United. So, yeah, we should go as strong as possible. So I will go Pedro Poro. If Van de Ven is available, I will play Van de Ven and I will play Ben Davies. And yes, they might be considered both their center backs, but Ange told me that he does not think of center backs in that way, so he will play his best center backs. Um, so if Van de Ven's available, then I think he does play. He might not finish the game, but I do think he starts. I think Ange definitely not playing ninety minutes. That's yeah, but I think Ange likes to go that way. He prefers to start the guys and then take them off than to like bring them on just for like thirty minutes. So that's like that's what he seemed to have has been doing, especially when if we're we're down guys. Um, so I mean, that, that back, goes with the whole theory of starting games strong. Yes. Um, and even we saw him bring in Benson Kerr right away, and he played fifty eight minutes. So. So yeah. So then I would go Udogi, obviously. Um, midfield of uh, Benton Kerr. Geo gets tricky, gets tricky. and. <laughs> Bentecourt, Geo, and I guess it has to be Hoiberg. I guess that's probably where he goes. And then um, Kulosevsky, Richarlison, Johnson. Or Johnson probably on the, Johnson probably on the left. Kulosevsky. I mean, Richarlison, Kulosevsky. Yeah. And it would be Hoiberg at the six and Bentecourt at the eight. Yes. Don't forget Jed Spence and Regulon are back in the, within the squad. The loans are over. The boys are back. Jeez. Those are options, Kim. They have not been playing with the team. They are actually not <laughs> options. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse, do you dare? Do you dare put uh, Regulon and Spence in your, in your, in your preferred <laughs> 11? No, 100% not. I was just I trying the, to find. I the, want this uh, on record. No, I think, um, and I, I'm, I'm trying to think, but the, uh, I don't know who if I had any changes. I, I just pulled up the. Spurs the subreddit. Only change I could see is skip over Hoiberg, Hoiberg over skip. Like it depends who he decides to go with. I don't know how I feel by either. So 
Yeah, I think that'd be my only change from this. Um, shout out to uh, Reddit's uh, egg tart eater, um, big Spurs fan who put the the available versus unavailable um, 11s together. Uh, and he's got Richarlison up top, uh, Johnson, LaCelso, Kulisevsky behind that, Hoiberg and Betsy Core in the middle, and then Udagi, Davies, Royale, and Poro, and then Big Dick, Vic, and Nett. Um, obviously, I'm not going to start Regulon or Jed Spence anywhere, but I think the only change I would have there is um, I would start uh, Skip over uh, over Pierre would be the only thought that I have. Um, I mean, I probably would do that too. I just and said then I would assume Pierre that Rodrigo's like... probably not playing ninety, so you're going to have to bring in yeah. Pierre for yeah. him, yeah. Um, at some point. So, mm, um, I mean, I, I wonder who's going to spell Vanderven if he starts. I assume that's probably going to be Royale. Um, and I think another big thing when I think about the backups, um, or the rather the 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 lone returnees, I, I imagine Regulon will probably go back out. He had a pretty decent spell at United, so I imagine some teams are probably going to go for him. Jed Spence I'm really worried about um, because it seems like that really hasn't worked out since he left Forest. hasn't worked out for us. It hasn't worked out for any of the loans that we've put him on. But uh, Dane Scarlett's a really interesting one for me because especially now with Belize out for the next couple months, Sonny's gone to play with South Korea it feels like he's probably the direct backup to Richarlison. Um, I don't know what other center forward we actually have on the team right now. And so that this could maybe not necessarily in this match against Burnley, but just thinking about the next few matches upcoming in the month of January, uh, depending on how long it takes for Sonny to come back, uh, this could be an opportunity for him to, to get some friendly minutes just based on us having a very depleted bench. Um, and Scarlett's also a player that I'm really still have hope, high hopes for. Um, a few years ago, it was it was Troy Parrott, and that, we've we've kind of forgotten about him at this point. And so um, I think I think hopefully Scarlett can be that guy, and 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 I would love to see him be able to kind of score a Premier League goal the way that we saw it happen for Belize um, against Brighton. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, and I can definitely see him getting some minutes um, over the course of the next month. So let, let's see if something like that works out for him. I think the only I could thing see him and Jamie Donnelly, those are the two attacking guys that I could see. Oh, for sure. Minutes. Yeah. Donnelly's a beast. So Donnelly's a I have beast. a feeling, I have a feeling he'll probably, you'll probably see him get some minutes maybe against Burnley. I wouldn't be surprised if he got some minutes against Burnley, especially if he go up by like two or three goals um, pretty early. I could see some guys getting some time. Uh, yeah, well, that's uh, that again is very dependent on how we are able to start the game and, and whether we're able to kind of put in the goals. Uh, oftentimes we have had matches where we start the game really strong, and then we go to halftime and it's still nil nil. So, um, especially with this being a cup tie, you know, you want to advance and you want to put the put the game to bed and. I feel like in these matches, even more so than in Premier League games, the longer the game goes without mm-hmm. the better team dominating, uh, the more likely it is that they're going to end up losing at the last minute. And as Spurs fans, we've all seen that happen time and time again um, against teams we've never heard of before under 
managers from Pochettino to Mourinho and so on and so forth. So um, I'm really hopeful that tomorrow is not going to be one of those games that we'll be able to like score two goals in the first half and like bag another in the second and be able to kind of give some of these uh, some of these bench players some time and minutes that they're probably not going to get against United. So uh, I think the only thing left for us to do is to nail down some predictions. And, you know, if you've been keeping score, our, our predictions chart is, is getting really, really tight right now. So uh, these are, these are now starting to matter. There's been a bunch of trash talk. Um, people are trying to flub each other's picks up. Do we want to win the game or do we want the points? It, it, it's becoming uh, a very heated, heated battle amongst the podcast. So um, I'll go first, actually, because I was actually thinking about this yesterday. I'm like, I know we're recording tomorrow. I wonder what I'm going to say. I'm going to go with. And I really need some points here because I've been I've been getting a lot of a lot of bad predictions lately, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a two nil win. Maybe we score a goal on either side of halftime. We're able to keep them out. I think Van de Ven being back in the team would help, assuming he starts. And uh, clean sheet at home, get it done, 2-0. I'm going to add a goal to both sides of the tally and go 3-1, uh, a second consecutive 3-1 uh, victory, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't we put five past Burnley Um Highest scoring game of the year, I think. 5-2, at least uh, our highest scoring game of our year at Burnley um, previously. So I think uh, I think we score a little bit, but, you know, we're, we, we're allergic to keeping clean sheets. So um, I think 3-1 uh, is uh, is the ticket. I'm, I'm in between that 2-0 and that 3-1 because I'm like, we're... I'm going to go 3-1 too. Um, Let's go, Kimmy. I mean, because I would like to see us score goals. And like you say, I really do expect us to give at least one up. That's just, that's just our MO. <laughs> um, and it's, true. I'm not that's sure true. that, I'm not sure that Van Deven is going to start. And even if he does, I'm not sure how confident he's going to be on that hammy. So, um, yeah, I'll go three, one. I think that's solid. And that means that like Richarlison probably scores, Maybe Johnson scores, which would be nice. Would be really I actually nice. would really, really like to see that. And I feel like his play deserves a goal at this point. Um, yeah, so hopeful. I mean, we still got Ben Blockshot Davis in the back. So, you know, even if even if Mickey's not out there, uh, we've got a clean sheet captain. And, and speaking of which, um, and this has been something that they actually asked Ange about in the presser as well about like, you know, your captain and both vice captains are both unavailable. Who's going to wear the armband? And he was like, Sonny's our captain. I really don't care who wears the armband tomorrow. Um, <laughs> which is like, I, I think such it probably would response. be Ben Davies. Though. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I feel like it's got to be between Ben and Vic and maybe even Poro. Um, but Ben feels like the natural choice. So, oh, yeah. I yeah, long-time Spurs guy. I would definitely guy. love Poro to have the armband. Level head. I think, yeah, that I can be see cute. it being, being Ben. That's a good pick. Poro will be so excited. Like, <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, he'll be so turned up. But he's, like, turned up all the time anyway. So I feel like he would just be even more turned up. Like, he'd be, That's like, what I mean. talkative it would, it would and be, mad, like, rallying would... the troops. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
he would score a goal. That that would be the kind of <laughs> that would be the kind of game that he would be like, I'm captain. Yeah, like let's go, let's do top this bins, game. top bins. Oh man, well you got to think if we get a free kick, he's probably the only player we have to take it. So there's very it's it's a very good possibility that we might see a Poro goal um, in the Burnley match. So let's see you what happens. A, they let you bet on the FA Cup and try to pull one down. Hey, I mean, you you could definitely bet on the FA Cup. You could bet on everything, uh, just as long as Is you're that... not as long as you're not Ivan Tony. <laughs> oh, he's on coming back. Though. <laughs> he's coming. He's coming back. He is. He is. He is. Um, and hopefully he stays oh, at yeah. Burnley and he doesn't go to any of our London rivals. Uh, you mean both... Brentford? <laughs> but, uh, that's goodness gracious. <laughs> I'm mixing up all the beat. This is a, all it's, the, that's this... what I'm saying. It's every it's, it's all so the many BTs. Yeah, Brentford. Bees. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Uh, I I saw a quote today from Thomas Frank saying that like we plan on keeping him, and the only way we let him go is if there's a significant fee, which basically means you'd have to over hundred million dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. English. Uh, which English like, and which, scores goals, $100 million. We're also talking about Chelsea and Arsenal, two teams that have no problem overpaying. So, like, that, that I don't, you know, that's that's still, I just hope it doesn't happen. I Stay at, stay at Brentford. We like you there. Um, anyway, we're not playing Brentford tomorrow. Ivan Tony's 27. He's he's off a, he can't, Chelsea can't buy him. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> And he's he's a he's a twenty he's an old twenty seven he he'll be twenty eight uh, in March. Okay. Oh yeah, they're not gonna have one anymore. That's like prime that. striker. That's like prime striker. Not if you're Chelsea, they want they yeah. want uh, 20, uh, twenty four year olds. He, he might as well be Joe Biden out there. You got like a good you got like a good four years that you could be like banging goals. Boom 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 boom. Well. Uh, let's get this right. win. Let's get this win. Advance, and then we can beat up on United next weekend. Come on, you Spurs! Let's go. Come on, you Spurs! Come on, you Spurs! Come on, you Spurs.